Well, hello, Antioch family. I'm really glad you are here with us today. Uh, as we enter into a time of worship, as we prepare to encounter the Lord together, I want to share with you a psalm that I've been meditating on and thinking about this week that I think is just a great lead-in to our time. It's Psalm 13. And this is a psalm written by King David, one of the greatest kings of Israel. He's also a poet and a songwriter, as well as a warrior and a leader. And uh, he uh, was very free, let's put it that way, in articulating his feelings and emotions to God, particularly when things weren't working out in a way that he had hoped. And Psalm 13 is one of those psalms, and this is what he said. He says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I'll sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. That's the beginning part of the psalm. He begins to air out his uh, emotions and feelings to the Lord. And I think as we enter into week four, I believe, of our time of social distancing uh, with the coronavirus, I've spoken with many of you, talking about, you know, this was the week where the emotion hit. This was the week where the anxiety hit, the anger and frustration hit, the sadness hit. Yet this is the week where things started to feel really heavy. Now, I realize some of us felt it much more on the front end. Some of us will feel it much later. But I just heard from so many different people saying, gosh, I just had this wave of emotion that came over me this week. And I think uh, one of the things I love about the Psalms is that it helps us to give language to our hearts, to take those emotions that we're feeling and not just to carry them, but to be able to bring them to the Lord and to bring them out before the Lord. And so as we head into worship, what I want to help you do as we begin to encounter the Lord is I want to help us all to name those emotions. Maybe we don't have the same feelings that David had or the circumstances that he was going through, but I bet all of us can name some emotions that we've felt this week. Fear, anxiety, frustration, disappointment, any of those things. I want to take time for us to name them. And the way we're going to do this uh, is going to be fun. Uh, in just a moment, I want you to press pause on the video. Today's service is going to be interactive. If we were together physically, it would be interactive. So we're going to try that out digitally. And what I want you to do, you're going to need your phone for this or some sort of texting device. And if you're with your family, you guys can all do this. If you're alone, you can you know, text a friend. But I want you to look in your emojis. And I want you to look and I want you to find three emojis that describe how you felt this week. You could do emojis. You could do um, a meme. You could do a GIF. Whatever it is that, that just describes how you felt this week. Some of those emotions. I want you to find them. So we're going to press pause. And I want you to show them to whoever you're with. So if you're with your family... Take time for each person in the family to go around and to name some of these emotions. If you're alone, put the emojis into your phone, text them to a friend. Your friend will be so confused by three random 
emojis and a gif coming through, but it'll be okay. You can say, don't worry about it. I'm just articulating my feelings. We want to get in touch with those things right now so that we can bring them to the Lord uh, in just a moment. So press pause and take the time to do that. And then once you've done that, press play again and we'll continue on. Okay, so hopefully that little exercise helped you, helped your family, uh, helped your friends, your roommates name some of the emotions that we're all feeling as it relates to this time of social distancing and the coronavirus. But what I want you to know is that David doesn't stop there and just articulating his sadness and sorrow. If you'll look further on in the psalm in verse 5, we come to an important word, and it's the word but. And but is one of those words that means we're turning a corner. We're, we're going in a different direction. I think about um, going to Six Flags and, and riding the roller coaster. Uh, my daughter and I, we went. She'd never been on a roller coaster before. We did the Superman one where you go up high and then it just drops and then you get caught and it brings you back up again. But is one of those words that just catches you when you're going one direction and something is going to take you in another direction. And the amazing thing about Jesus is that He is our rock that we can bring our pain and our sorrow and our sadness and our grief to. He is our good shepherd. He is our loving Father. And He is our leader. He meets us in that place and speaks to us and strengthens us and gives us hope. And that's what David finds. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. So even in the midst of the sadness and the sorrow, David had something that he trusted in, an X factor, if you will, and that was the unfailing love of God. And do you know that Jesus loves you with an unfailing love? You may be watching this and you're not a Christian, and I want you to know Jesus loves you, whether you're Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or atheist or I don't even know, I'm agnostic. Jesus loves you with an unfailing love. And so in the midst of sadness and sorrow, there is a place of trust for us in His love today. David goes on to say, my heart rejoices in your salvation. So he begins to get active, right? It's not just this, God, I'm trusting you. That's so important. But now there's a stepping forward and say, you know what? I'm rejoicing in your salvation. Friend, do you know that Jesus came and He died on a cross to save sinners like you and me to give us new life? And He is saving and He's healing our world. And today, as we gather, we can rejoice in His salvation. And then David says, I will sing the Lord's praise. So right then he moves from just rejoicing to now he's singing the praises of the Lord. Why? Because God has been good to him. Because in the midst of the, the pain and the sorrow, as we learned a couple weeks ago, there's an actually, there's a but. There is God is doing this and God is healing this and God is speaking this. This week, I heard of families saying, we've experienced family reconciliation because of the quarantine. It's made us all value our relationships together uh, in a greater way. I spoke with a pastor who lives in a, in Tijuana, and he said their nightclub scene is the primary place where trafficking and all sorts of illicit activities happen in their city. And he's been praying, and other pastors have been praying for years 
for God to break through. And he said, with the shutdown, all of the bars have had to close. All the trafficking has had to shut down. So there's a break in darkness that the Lord is doing. There's families that are being restored. There's, there's God's moving. I, um, God's moving in power. I could go on and on. That's why I had to pause. I don't want to do that. What I want to do is I want to lead us all into a time of worship. And so because of the Lord's unfailing love, because of his salvation, because of the ways he's been good to us, we're going to take time now to rejoice and to trust and to sing. So I want to invite you to get up from your couch, to get up from your chair, uh, wherever you're watching this. I want to encourage you to get active. And I want to encourage you as we begin to worship to, to, to live this out, to rejoice, to sing. Maybe for some of you, you need to get down on your knees to, to humble yourself before the Lord. Maybe some of you need to raise your hands. Maybe some of you need to close your eyes and just extend your hands like this. Whatever it may be, we're going to enter into this together as we remember God's unfailing love for us, as we remember His salvation, and as we remember all the ways He's been good to us. Would you join with me as we go into worship? No! 
That is who you are Waymaker, miracle worker Promise keep light in the darkness My God, that is who We're going to continue in our time together today of encountering the Lord by going to God and meeting with Him in the Word. So I want to encourage you to look in your Bibles at Philippians chapter 1. We've been in Philippians the last few weeks. There's some things that we've learned uh, in our time together. We've learned that God wants to give to us power and peace in the midst of this trial. There's power and peace available to us in Jesus Christ in the midst of of our trial, and part of the way that we walk in and experience that power and that peace is we remember the actuallys. We remember, yes, this is what it looks like, but actually God is doing this and this and this in my life. That's what we learned a few weeks ago. Last week, we learned that part of the way that we walk in the power and the peace that God has for us is by reaching up and reaching out. That God has given us an invitation to participation, to reach up to Him and find air to breathe and to reach out to others to demonstrate His love to them, to love our neighbors. And as we reach up and as we reach out, right, we'll find the air, the peace and the power that we need to deal with the pressure that we're under. Today we're going to hear from the Apostle Paul again and believe God wants to speak through these words that Paul wrote to the church in a city called Philippi long ago. And the Holy Spirit wants to speak through these words to you and to me today. Again, about how do we find the power and the peace that we need to navigate the trial that we're in. We're going to look at one simple verse today. One simple verse. It's verse 27. Philippians 1, 27. And this is what Paul says. He says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now remember, Paul is in jail. He's in jail for an indefinite amount of time. He doesn't know if he's going to get out. He doesn't know if he's going to stay there forever. He doesn't know if he's going to receive the death penalty. He is trapped there in jail, in chains. And he's writing to the Philippians who are in their own trials. They've decided to follow Jesus. There's lots of social ramifications that were coming for him. People were hostile to that decision. And he's saying, look, I don't know what's going to really happen to me. I don't know how this is going to really turn out in the short run. I don't know how uh, your situation is going to turn out in the short run. He's like, whatever happens. And I was thinking about that phrase, whatever happens, and it, it makes me feel like this is like an action movie. Like I'm in Indiana Jones, and he's saying, you know, whatever happens, you know, don't do this. Or Last of the Mohicans, where they're like, whatever happens, stay alive, I will find you. It's like, it's like a, a word that's used, not that often, but it's used in a time of great uncertainty. And it's been really meaningful to me, and I think it's meaningful to all of us, to realize the uncertainty that Paul is expressing at the outcomes that are in front of him. He doesn't, he doesn't know. And why I think that's so important uh, is related to uh, what um, is called the Stockdale P- 
paradox. And this was a view or a story popularized by Jim Collins in the book, in the book Good to Great. And in there he tells the story of a Navy uh, general, James Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for seven years. And he was tortured over and over and over and over again with not much of a hope from the outside of him getting out. But he survived and he went on to uh, be a vice presidential candidate with Ross Perot and do a number of other things. And people asked him, well, how did you survive the, the prisoner of war camp? How did you survive the torture? How did you survive the uncertainty? And he said two things. He said, one, I didn't lose sight of the end outcome. He said, I just had this belief that somehow I would overcome. But he said, in the short term, I was realistic that this was going to be really, really hard. He said, the people that didn't make it, uh, they were naive and they just looked on the bright side. They didn't acknowledge reality. But he said, to make it, I had to both acknowledge what was in front of me and keep hope for the future. And the Apostle Paul is doing something similar here. He's acknowledging the uncertainty the trial, the hardship that he was in and was in front of him. And that's important for us to do. And he's saying, whatever happens, that you and I, while we may not be able to control all the circumstances of our life, you and I have a choice. Paul had made a choice. He was encouraging and admonishing the Philippians to make a choice that whatever happens... Their attitude was their responsibility. He said, you conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And it's interesting in the original language, the the wording that's actually used is he says, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And there he steps into our future. Right? We may not know the short term, but believers, we know the long term. We know that our ultimate home is in heaven with Christ, that our true citizenship is not in Dallas or wherever you watch this. Yes, we live here, but our citizenship is in heaven. And here Paul is saying that whatever happens, I want you to live like the citizen you are, the citizen of heaven that you are in the midst of what may come. And I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking about how powerful it is to decide ahead of time the type of person you're going to be and the way you're going to respond. To make that decision ahead of time, I've been through a number of trials. You might have been through a number of trials, and some of them I look back on, and I'm like, man, I wish I had responded a different way. I wish that I had had chosen to act a different way or to believe a different way or to carry my emotions a different way as I've seen the faithfulness of the Lord. And as we're thinking about this trial that we're in, we all have the opportunity as we look to the future to make the decision now about the type of person that we're going to be. That we have the opportunity to live in a manner worthy of our citizenship. And to decide that now and to be able to live from that going forward. We know we're not going to be able to pull that off in our own strength. We're going to need the grace of God. 
that he wants to give to us. We're going to need his strength and we're going to need his power. But as we set our hearts, God is going to be faithful to provide the power and the peace that we need to live that way. Now, you might be watching this uh, message. You might have dialed in because a friend shared the link or you found us on YouTube and you're like, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know the power and the peace that you're talking about. I don't know the citizenship of heaven. I don't even really know where I'm going when I die. I'm not sure about that. And what I want you to know today in the midst of this trial is that God loves you and that God desires for you to have a living relationship with Him. He desires to come into your life. Uh, Friend, we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all turned our own way, said to God, we don't want to go your way. We don't want you to be our king you to be our creator. We've taken matters into our own hands, all of us. And when we've done that, we experience the brokenness that comes with us trying to be the the captain of our own lives. We're not made to live that way. We're made to live in relationship with the Lord. But God loved us so much that He doesn't leave us in our sin, but He comes for us in Jesus. And He dies on the cross so that your sin and mine can be forgiven. And He rises again on the new day so that you and I can experience new life and a heavenly home. And He holds out that gift of salvation to you and to anyone else who would call on His name regardless of your background, regardless of what you've been through. His love and His grace and His salvation is available for you today. And so if you're watching this and you're like, man, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need that grace. I need that power. I need that peace. I want to know where I'm going when I die. I want to lead you in a short prayer. The words of this prayer are helpful, but God is the one that sees our hearts. And I want to lead you from a place in your heart of calling out to the Lord and making Jesus Lord over your life and in your life. And so if that's you, if you would close your eyes and bow your head, with me. We're going to pray a short prayer and you can repeat after me. Jesus, you are awesome. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. Thank you that you rose again on the third day to give me new life. I repent of my sins. And I choose to follow you, Jesus. Come into my life. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What an incredible message. We hope that the word that was shared today will bear much fruit in this next week. Here at Antioch, we believe that we are sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, practice His ways, and build His kingdom in our city, nation, and nations of the earth. Though our circumstances have changed, our mission has not. Therefore, uh, there are a few ways we want to encourage you to walk out uh, this mission this week. As we consider how we can be sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, we invite you to grow in your relationship with the Lord through our Sunday worship experience. Additionally, we've been diligent in developing daily devotions for you to personally engage with the Lord. And you can find these by visiting BeWithJesus.me. We practice His ways by continuing to attend life groups. During this time of social distancing, we're encouraging life groups to meet virtually. 
And so whether you meet via Zoom or Google Hangouts or any other platform, the point is that your virtual life groups be a place of light and life where others are joyfully invited in, Jesus is worshiped, lives are changed, and, and you are sent out to practice the way of Jesus. Another way we practice his ways is through our giving. We desire to live our calling to be a generous church. And so in this season, we want to encourage you to give so that as a church body, we can continue to bless our city in this time of crisis. Let's continue being a church that meets the needs of those who have needs. And you can give online by visiting AntiochDallas.org. Lastly, we've identified two ways to build this kingdom in our city, nation, and nations of the earth. The first is prayer. We're hosting a daily prayer time from noon to one every Monday through Saturday via Zoom. We're setting aside this time to contend in prayer and intercede on behalf of our entire world. You can find more info regarding this prayer hour on our website. The second way is by reaching out and loving our neighbors with Christ's love. Whether that's giving an outreach card to your neighbors, letting us know how you can meet a need, or as a life group provide meals for various individuals, we have ways to connect you with those opportunities. And you can find these ways uh, on our website. Next week is Easter Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, join us online. Now, it's time to say our declaration. Our declaration is based off of Isaiah 61, and we say it every week to reorient us to who Jesus is, what he does in us and through us. So let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus is the bread of life, and that means he is good news for our poverty, healing for our brokenness, liberty for our bondage, favor for our world, victory over our darkness, and comfort for our sorrow, provision for our need. As such, we are called to be sons and daughters who encounter Jesus. He is at work in our lives, transforming our ashes into beauty, mourning into joy, despair into hope, and building us into oaks of righteousness planted by God to display His splendor. As such, we practice his ways that we might grow vibrant like oak trees. He is at work through us to see people who have been stranded by sin rescued to life and liberty in Christ. As such, we desire to leverage our lives to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen, church. Go in peace.